0: Our number two, Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday, everybody. I'm Jeff. That is Tom. There is Director Matthew. Thanks for listening to the program and or watching. If you're watching a War Chant TV, don't forget to like and subscribe. You know, I was reading during the break. So uh, the top Juco wideout is Malik Benson uh, of uh, Hutchinson Community College. And it's just, you know, we were talking last hour about how Florida State desperately needs a receiver. And this is where when we have the larger discussion about what it's going to take to make a significant shift possible for Mike Norvell and his staff, it's the ability to present oneself in a way that is alluring in a way that perhaps a guy like Malik Benson might be interested uh, to come play football at Florida state. Cause uh, he's not, he's not. And when you are looking for your name to be atop the list or on a visitation list, like could could you come visit here? Uh, then you typically are going to need to have had some success in the not so recent past, right? Or not so distant past, and and so Georgia of, cor- of course made the list. Georgia is is atop the list, and you know Oregon's there, and Alabama's there, and and teams like that. Four states nowhere to be found there. Now I'm not saying that's anybody's fault i not saying that's uh, a specific coach's fault this time around. It's just that when you read these stories and you hear about the potential of a guy uh, aligning himself or taking a visit uh, to your school, you know, you, you can't help but note you have to have enough wins to where you shine in, in a way that maybe makes you the fourth team on his list or the fifth team on his list. Because if you get him here, you never know what can happen. But we don't. We're, we're not in a position to get those kinds of guys here, let's say, right now.
3: Well, if your son was a wide receiver prospect in JUCO and he had a chance to go visit the likes of Alabama or
0: any, I mean, Oregon, let's just
3: go Oregon. that That's a lower level. Kenny Dillingham's there. So that tells you that it's a lower level than, <laughs> than the pinnacle of, of power five. No, I'm, yeah. I'm
0: not being mean to Kenny. That's just true. He hasn't earned his stripes yet on that level. Yeah, but 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 Oregon went to Columbus and beat Ohio State on the road last year. They did. And a they parlayed si- that into, into nothing. Their, into nothing, yeah. but a more significant win than Florida State's had in a long time, is uh, my
3: point. Hey, listen. Mac Brown has been a top ten team in the preseason. <laughs> so I, I don't know what you want out of us. We uh, went into that building and yes. beat that ass last year. But I mean, really, would you recommend that it comes to Florida State right now with this offense the way it, like how are you going to better your draft stock okay, coming to so Florida State my, in one year? Right,
0: My heart would be yes, of course. But if I'm being sensible, logical, no. I'd want him to go somewhere where he has a chance to win a championship and be prolific, put up numbers, uh, an offensive line that I know is going to protect a drop-back passer. Uh, right, there, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah, attractive
3: yeah. about this place to a receiver to who's going to be a wide
0: receiver. No, no, there isn't. I know that. It's, it's, and one of the problems you have is you have to find a way by hook or crook to get to a point where it can be. Uh, I bring this up all the time about, you know, that remember the dearth of receivers that Florida had for a long stretch where you're like, why doesn't the University of Florida have any receivers? This receiving core is awful. And it was because they had had some lean years and then. Once that happens, if it gets more, and you end up seeing a stretch where you're just no longer attractive, it doesn't take long to be unattractive to become unattractive to potential recruits at a specific position where you've been weak over a two and three year window. And for Florida State, this is a this is a ridiculous set of circumstances. I I find myself uh, not only lamenting but being legitimately angered by our situation at wide receiver. It, it bothers me to no end because of this. The history of Florida State receivers because of the state we're in, um, because of prolific passing teams uh, year in and year out that uh, pretty much litter the last 40 years of Florida State football. It hasn't been that way as of late, obviously, but it just it reminds you of how far you've got to go. You have to find a way to 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 get more wins first of all, and it doesn't have to be in the passing game. You just got to get more wins. So all of a sudden you get an opportunity at that point to show up on somebody's radar. They might not even know anything about what you are offensively, but you won nine games last year, and you won some high-profile games. They're going to take interest. And once you crack uh, that barrier, uh, kick down that door, and you get a top-tier kid to say yes and then have success with him, then obviously – uh, down the line you got a chance to to uh, like I said before it gets more.
3: Yeah, I think it's plenty impressive that they were able to secure as many transfers as they did this offseason. Yes, of course. I mean because again this is just long term it might be attractive. Don't misunderstand me. You know, if AJ Duffy and a good offensive line is the future of this program then hell yeah I want to play receiver here. But this year with an offensive line that's still porous and it's trying to prove itself. And then Jordan Travis, who, like, if I'm a burner or I'm a bubble guy, then yeah, I could see where I've got productivity coming. Micah Pittman's going to get a lot of targets this year. And I think he's going to be productive. Yeah, he's a good player. A lot of them around the line of scrimmage. And if also my job is to just run a nine as fast as I possibly can, like a deuce span, then in this offense, that's great because it's a lot of body blows and then boom, yeah, you over get a the home top. run
0: shot here and there or a wheel route or something. Right. Yeah. Two
3: catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. That'll work. That'll work, too. That'll help with your pro prospects. But if you're one of these guys who's a down-in, down-out possession receiver, who's got some top-end speed to him, but they're that true player who is projected to go NFL play three downs and be a factor on three downs, this year, this team? No. Now, if I'm a running back, though, I might look here longer than the reputation well, they scheme would up, say. They
0: scheme up, they scheme up uh, the running game yes. even with substandard offensive line play, and that is impressive. Um, I just, I'm lamenting that every time a High-profile wide receiver lists the names of teams that he will be visiting and is interested in. We're nowhere to be found, and it just reminds you of exactly where we are. It's a stark reminder of exactly where we are. It's really frustrating. I I mean, I'm not saying we should be on the same plane right now, currently, as Georgia, the reigning national champion, and given what they have established from a recruiting standpoint and Kirby has that machine rolling, uh, I get it. It, But when I saw that, uh, I was just kind of smiling. I'm like, hmm, nowhere to be found.
3: What frustrates me to no end is if you're a good high school or JUCO or college transfer H back tight end, like I, w- I would look here. I really would. This would be an offense that I'd I'd die to play in. Like this would be a great opportunity to show off the There's versatility. a role for
0: you if you can play at all. You, yes. you don't have to beat out all that many guys. Anybody talent.
3: any of them. Like you have opportunity and you can see in the <laughs> offense, you can watch fifteen plays in this offense and say, Oh man, I'm in the middle of everything. Like I'm I'm never gonna be bored playing at Florida State that's frustrating that we can't get one of those guys to say you know what it doesn't matter that they win six or seven games i'm going to i'm going to be all over this offense and the film's going to be great for me
0: this is why and time again we reiterate it and they know it and it will be intriguing on a day-to-day week-to-week basis this is why they better have a good year i keep coming back to this to kick down the door to have an opportunity to sign an upper-crust player at those positions, they better have a successful season. Because, again, I don't care how many times I hear people say, well, you know, this isn't the year that they're going to let Mike Norvell go if, uh, if he has a bad year because financially they can't do it. I've, I've recognized that fact. I've never said Mike Norvell comes into this season, quote-unquote, like you've seen articles posted, that he's on the hot seat. No, no, I don't think he is. Not in a traditional sense. Normally, if you're on the hot seat, you have a bad year, you get fired. That's what that means. So when you read the Sports Illustrated article, Fox Sports article, ESPN article, any of the articles that suggest this coach or that coach is on the hot seat, what they're telling you is he better get off to a good start and or have a good season or he's going to be fired. That's not this season for Mike Norvell as he comes into the the campaign. But he might as well be. He might as well be. Because if you don't have that season, you're a dead man walking. That's what I've said. That it won't be this year. It'll be the following year. And I stand by that. It will be. Because if you don't have a good year this year and take a big step forward, these kids of which we speak that we're lamenting go elsewhere aren't coming.
3: I still hesitate on that one. I mean, like, define the terms. Let's say you go 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five this year, so it's middling. It's a middling season. Ugh. But if you replace some of those offensive linemen with kids who are rising up through the ranks, like the, the hall that you got this summer, I know it's not ideal to play a redshirt freshmen at an offensive line, but they might actually be an improvement over what we've seen the last couple of years if you hit on them. And the offensive line is good next year. Whoever the quarterback is, it could be Jordan Travis again. He. He did just graduate, so it'll be interesting to see how this offseason plays. This next one, uh, upcoming it, plays. Well, it, that's all depending on what happens this year. Uh, yeah, it is everything. It is, but I mean, like, it's not exactly like he could have a year where he's going to go declare for the draft. He's still got eligibility. Oh
0: no, he's definitely. So not you know, but
3: you know what I'm saying. So for the draft. That's interesting though, because then you get Duffy in here for another year. You got Parson in if he signs on the line, which is dotted. So now you've got a really quarter, uh, crowded quarterback room out of nowhere, and you might have a decent offensive line that could hold up in pass protection. You might. You just might in 2023. And if that's the case, then you might have balance on offense. And you could come out of the dead man walking year with, significant improvement in offensive production and balance
0: this is where we agree on the kind of year you might have but it'll be too late you will have spent too many days and years in this case in the doldrums to have made an impact in the recruiting ranks nobody will flock to that you will have yet another wasted year in recruiting in which you don't bring in upper crust talent and at that point your roster is littered with average ass players with few exceptions
3: I think you'd have enough players to be able to still turn it around. I just wonder about the influx of cash, which is now more critical than ever. Like That's the hard part, is if you have a middling year this year, well then where's the replenishment for Rising Spear? Where's the replenishment for the booster funds? In order to carry out the big term long term projects. Are they actually going to continue to commit for 2023? Or are they just going to say, I'm pulling my money back until you guys get your stuff together. That would be the bigger worry than the players to me. I I think they've got enough to get to that eight or nine win plateau, be it this year or next season. It's just a matter of do you have the support that you need?
0: Uh man, I yeah, he he's I'll tell you one thing Mike's done a very good job of is he has certainly understood the set of circumstances that he's in, inherited, and created. All, all of that's true, right? So he's friends with the right people when it comes to the money people. He's also Done a good job in some areas within the program. Uh, flipping the rock locker room is one of them. So people see enough positive momentum there, uh, and we both think. And I'll say it every time I have this conversation, just so there could be new people and they, and they don't know where I stand on this. I think he's a good coach, but as I've also said, good coaches get fired all the time. So it's one one thing I would note is that I I, I guess. Those people that align themselves, the money people that align themselves with Mike, have said, look, we're, we're patient, we believe, we're, we're excited, all those things are true. But you know a mantra on this show. What is it? Wins and losses happen for a reason, and they elicit emotion. And how you feel when you sit in May about a team and a player and a coach can change radically one Saturday afternoon against Jacksonville State. Or night it could it, it could be it, oh, okay or or it works, yeah. it works or a
3: saturday afternoon against wake forest in which the explanation for whatever the hell that was offensively is we're gonna ride the hot hand which is just like dude, right come
0: right. On now, man. right now or or can also change as you leave that stadium on a saturday night in celebration over you know with a last second win over your arch rival in miami you know i i get it i get how it shifts but that but i'm always mindful of that how we feel right now in may and how those people feel in may If Florida State starts the season one and two with losses to both LSU and on the road on a Friday night against Louisville?
3: (laughs) Well, at that point, I think in the academic calendar at Florida State and in Tallahassee in general, September will not be a month on the calendar. We're going to go August and August, two, because September will have now for five or six consecutive years been the death knell. And not even, like, September 25th. Yeah,
0: like, like, the 10th, like mid-September. Like the
3: 16th. Yeah. And yeah. it's all over. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so did you just live in that world for about five I seconds? I did.
0: I'm sorry. We're doing a radio program. Yeah. I did. I pictured us day-to-day living in that world.
3: What's that next game? Is it Boston College at home? Uh, let me take a look.
0: I think it is. I think it is. And you would get to, you know, uh, two and two at that point you would you know
3: yeah but i mean come on it, it's monday the 19th of september there's gonna be a great monday night football doubleheader that night we've established this we'll be there but it's rounding
0: our sorrows or celebrating our newfound fortune
3: it's recap louisville monday prepare for boston college to come to town monday after being one and two dude that is a rough monday
0: yes yes it is it's uh it's a spirited Monday, Tom. I'm, I'm just going to say this. I think the tone in our conversation centered around this program and the people involved in it would, would shift. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you in May, I think the degree to which this conversation would shift if they're one and two, I think it's more severe than you realize as we sit here today. <laughs> I think it's more severe than Your <laughs> punishment must be more <laughs> severe. Uh, I I think we're talking, uh, it's a different,
3: you're calling for his firing if they're one and two on that Monday. Just say it. We're going to get the bagpipes out. I didn't out. say that. I didn't oh, okay. Say
0: that. I didn't say that. All right. Uh, well, so what's you, more severe,
3: you know, the severity of it all?
0: Well, we're contemplating a lot of directions Severed the program limbs. can take and what needs to be done and how to get there and all that other stuff. So, I mean... I don't think that's a very good Louisville team. I understand that quarterback lit us up for a half a year ago. Uh,
3: well, remember, they quit in the second half. We did nothing right in the second half.
0: I'm just telling you.
3: That's sarcasm,
0: people. I know it is. Brian Kelly, year one, you already laid bare all of the uphill battle he has to face. We lose <laughs> that game. Okay.
3: I mean, just think about that opening <laughs> interview of that game, too, Brian. What does it feel like to be in New <laughs> Orleans as the head coach of LSU? <laughs> well, uh, what an amazing I, Sunday night! I got a call from
0: the Alabama slammer himself,
3: Brian. That's half Irish, half we, Southern. We
0: don't even know what you're. You're do- broken. What are you saying? I just uh, hope we win. <laughs> Thank you. He's back. We want to do uh, when we come back to Jameis interview right here. We want to uh, want want a short timer.
3: We are prepared to do that. What would you like?
0: Let's talk to Jameis Winston next on the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chat TV. jeff cameron show 93.3 real talk radio or chant tv and you can see his you can see his mug right there there he is he's Jameis winston he's the quarterback norland saints and most importantly i want to start with the good stuff james congratulations on being a graduate congratulations on graduating from florida state university we saw the video made us all smile of an accomplishment sir
1: man thank you you know i i i love finishing i love completing things and that's definitely a goal that i had to finish for my mother uh, so shout out to Loretta Winston for uh, for that inspiration in me.
0: Yeah, I know your mama, your family, all your family, right? Uh, mm. you, 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 you said you wanted to do it for them. Uh, your thoughts as you walked across that stage? That had to be with family, but also just the journey to get to that point, right? The ups and downs yeah. and everything in between.
1: Yeah, I, I think I just, I, I really enjoy my time being back on campus uh, at FSU, you know, because I, I really haven't been, been around much just because of, you know me playing in the nfl and, and and being busy or whatnot and starting a family but i just was it was just that token of completion uh, i was excited uh to see you know and really it inspired me to see the 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 people the kids that i was walking with and they really were kids like uh, i i as one one young lady said she was born in 2001 and i'm like okay i was born in 94 but that's young you know and just to see you know obviously the the the, the effort that it put it took uh for them to complete their, their degree and in, in probably two three years or four uh <laughs> it, it took that same amount of effort of, of completion and no matter how long it takes you when you complete it uh the the job is done so i'm, I'm happy for that
0: it happens quick, Jameis. You end up coming back to campus every, every now and again, and you realize that time flies, right? Although mm-hmm. They look like babies, don't they? It's crazy when you look out there and see some of the graduates. I know you got a chance, too, uh, since you're bringing up campus, to go over there to baseball and to, yeah. to talk to Chip. And I see Chip all the time, and it's great, and everybody else within the baseball program. How closely do you get to follow, uh, with you being so busy training all the time and, and you know, obviously yeah. being a dad, as you just mentioned, and, and a husband, how much do you get to catch Florida State baseball or follow along with what they're doing?
1: Well, I, I, sometimes I scroll down down my Twitter thread and I see you know the updates of the scores for uh, for their little Twitter handle, but uh, man, I don't follow as much as I used to early on in the league just because I, I it was tough for me to be removed uh, from the baseball team. and it was so tough that last year that decision to just you know go pro and and not play my last year of baseball because that's a sport that I love so much. Um, but i obviously I picked up a little bit more uh after uh after eleven had retired and you know meat meat got the job so uh I was like man I, I had a little basically a little burst of energy to 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 get into it again because I was rooting for him uh obviously that being the prestigious role uh him picking up from the 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 program that his dad you know started and excelled at so uh, I was excited for him but other than that man. Uh, I'm always going to be uh, a, a no fan. Uh, it, it, was, it was really good to see how uh, our crazy fans there uh, at the game. And, and we put a whooping up on, on TCU.
0: Yeah, we did. That was nice. And and if the rains hadn't come on Sunday, that would have been a three game sweep. Uh, yeah. yeah, really quickly, I've always wondered this because I know you love baseball. You've told me that before all those years ago when you were here. and the, And it's evident just to watch you, the joy you have on a baseball field. Same for football, but I know you love baseball too. I've always often wondered whenever your playing career is over in the NFL, it could be fifteen years from now, who knows? Hmm. Would you ever think about it if you had any bullets left in the gun to go back out and play a little baseball? Have you ever thought yeah. like if you, if you could? It would
1: definitely, it would definitely be an aspiration of mine to to go and step up on the bump, man. But you know, one thing about a pitcher is so similar to to quarterback because you're so in control uh, of the entire rhythm, entire flow of the game, you know, but it ain't nothing like being a hitter, you know what I'm saying, it ain't nothing like playing every day. You know, as, as, a, as, as a pitcher, you're going to throw every five days. But uh, that's one thing. If I look back at my baseball career, I wish I would have spent a, a, a few extra moments uh, in the band cages so I could have been a hitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you. I mean, there's still time. knock on wood one day. Hey, if you had to throw a slider right now, because you threw a nasty slider, could you still get it up there 87 to 91?
1: Yeah, I'd I I still break somebody off the plate. I still would. <laughs> no question about that. And that's just, that's just some pure will to, to pitch and set them down.
0: While you were here, you got a chance to meet with uh, the new athletic director and to meet with Mike Norvell, the head football coach, and, uh, and obviously some of the players. And I know Jordan Travis walked with you as well, which was really mm-hmm. cool to have quarterbacks like that out there together. I'm curious with, with Mike. Obviously, he's involved in the climb, and, and he's trying to get this thing flipped around. And it occurs to me that, you know, obviously when he's recruiting, when he's trying to get guys to come here, he has to ask them to believe in whatever his vision is, right? Like, here's where we're going, you know, not where we've been. Here's where we're headed. That had to have happened for you too, because you know, at the time that Jimbo Fisher, your old coach, reached out to you, you had to have a leap of faith as well. Everybody in the country wanted you to come be their quarterback, including Alabama, obviously. Mm -hmm. And yet Jimbo Fisher laid out a plan for you. And at that time, the Knowles hadn't, You know, won the national championship in a long time, hadn't been that caliber of a program. Hmm. Do you see any similarities there? Are the two men uh, similar in that regard in the way that they deliver the message and they talk about the way they see Florida State football emerging?
1: Well, yeah, I, I, absolutely. I, I be I believe it's definitely in a in a coaching realm. They're very similar, but you know, obviously, I love my head coach Jimbo Fisher. Just at the time that we spent together and the countless hours that we we spent preparing for each other. And you know, we won a national championship. But I know uh, what Mike Norvell is doing in Tallahassee right now is something special. Uh, it's just a it's just you. Finding the right guys to believe in your system, finding the right guys to believe in you, um, believe in him like we believed in uh, in coach and coach Jimbo, you know, and, and and through that process of whatever, you're gonna have your ups and downs, you're gonna have your highs, you're gonna have your lows, but staying consistent every single day, being the same person every single day will will eventually lead you uh, to the path. Uh, where you want to go and mike novell has been successful everywhere he's been so there's no doubt in my mind that he's gonna uh you know get things going trending in a positive direction uh for our university again and and and, and get some great players you know because we had some great players at florida state. we had great leaders at florida state and, and and it's tough this this day and age in college football to get those players because sometimes players don't like one situation and they jump in that transfer reporter and they're out of there, you know, so it's challenging. So I I do believe that, that coach Norvell, his strategy, his values, what he stands for as a head coach for that football team. It's, it means a lot. And it holds the same weight that Jim, that, that of, of leadership that Jimbo held with us Uh, It's just about, you know, coaches coach, man. And that's always gonna be a case. Coaches coach, but we got to get players that are dedicated to playing because the players play, and the players have to believe in him and uh, and go 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 all the way with him for them to to win there. And I think that's that's going that's going to happen.
0: You're a busy man. I don't want to spend too much more time with you. I want you to be able to go on and do what you have to do. But I do want to ask you one question, just as a giant football fan: as you get set to lead the Saints this season. What was it like? I've always been curious about this, and what a cool thing it had to have been for you to sit in in, in a game plan room with, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees like mm-hmm. that. Take me through a conversation. Like you're a, a brilliant football mind. You love the process. You love the work. Right. You love the strategy. You understand the game. What were your? What was it like for you to sit in there with these two guys, Hall of Famers, and 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 those minds, and to, and to be able to contribute to that and have those conversations in those in those planned meetings?
1: Well, it it, it was a blessing, and, you know, and, and I don't I don't use that term lightly, uh, because you you have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, and you have a Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payne. and and one of the greatest things that I, that I learned uh, in that room really is uh use the resources that you have around you and and not only use the resources that you have around you know how to use those resources because we had a bunch of other great men and women in that building that drew would take information from that drew would be collaborating with over and over and over again in uh, the relationship and continuity that he had with Sean was something that I really yearned for because I—that's the first, like, like in in Tampa, I had a great relationship with my coaches, but to see that co- co- that that collaboration with someone who spent 16 years together. Uh, was so important, and ah uh, and it, and it led me to like, hey, I, I have to have that same type of command of the offense, same type of collaboration with these coaches within our entire building, and not just Sean, but but the scouting directors, and not just the scouting directors, but with the strength coaches, not just the strength coaches, but with the janitors and and people in the cafeteria. Uh, and I and I think I've always had that type of relationship with everyone around the building, but seeing that continuity between Drew and Sean was very eye opening, man, because. Uh, the way that they work, the way that they see the game, uh, is is at an elite level, and just being able to take a take a step back of, of humility and, and believing that I was excelling at a high level, and I did some great things uh, in in my career before it got to that point. But just seeing that continuity, man, was so big for me, uh, and, and I and I and I and every, every day, I'm like I never go back and and get in another situation and miss out on, on getting a chance to spend you know a, a year with, with Drew and uh, two years with Sean.
0: Thanks for the time, Jameis. Thanks for the candor, as always. I wish nothing but the best for you, sir, and uh, be well, and, and we'll be watching. You take care, and congratulations on being a graduate of Florida State University. All
1: right. Thank you, Jeff. Man, have a great day. Happy Mother's Day to all our mothers, too.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, sir.
1: All right. See you.
0: Hope you enjoyed it. Jeff Cameron 933 Real Talk Radio Warchant TV, our thanks to James Winston. We'll get him again uh, somewhere down the line here, probably as the season gets uh, going. And uh, uh, he's gotta be happy Olave is there and got, got some weapons to stretch the field a little bit, so should be fun.
3: We haven't really talked about it because on Friday when you conducted the interview, it was basically out the door once we were wrapped. But when he was talking about the continuity of oh, he the had coaching to catch staff, himself he, because he was
0: about to rip the buck. That was a
3: major catch. And that ball was maybe, you know, I think a lot of people probably caught it, but that ball was maybe an inch off the turf before he caught it. Yeah. Because I'd never, I mean, you know, to see the continuity of 16 years, mm-hmm. yeah, you never had it in Tampa. Yeah, never it's had okay. It. Uh, we know you didn't. There's no way you could have.
0: Well, there's a lot of things that one day I'd like to be able to talk with him about. That Some things I've talked to he and his family about off the air, but... Stuff that we could just someday kind of bring to the table that'd be very interesting. Um, still, a lot of there's a lot of angles. His career is still ongoing, and it's still right now up in the air. Nobody has any real idea how we're going to view what that career is because I think he's got another ten years to play and has a lot to say about whether or not it's going to end well for him and and uh, and and favorable will be the descriptor or or not.
3: What's interesting is that the Saints are in flux too it's um, they're getting ripped league wide for going for it when they don't really have the horses to go for it. So I think he's on a two year deal. So there's a lot that could be, I mean in two years he could be a really hot commodity on the free agent market, or it could be that he is remanded to, you know, backup slash Ryan Fitzpatrick type work for the rest of his career.
0: I think it's fascinating in that. I think the saints are a weird team. They were playing well before he got hurt last year. They do, and they went out and got Honey Badger now on that defense, which was already good. They give us fits. Now, they had a lot of problems uh, with everybody else. If they get, if he plays well, like he did in the seven games he had played, and they're able to run the ball, if Olave hits the ground running, uh, and that defense remains stout, the roster is good enough to win 11 games, and they could be a problem for people in the playoffs. So they're kind of a twist in between. I would say that every year that goes by, they're having more and more problems because some of these defensive stalwarts leave. And we'll see with Thomas on the offensive side because he is yeah, a problem uh, child, it seems, uh, year in and year out. And then their
3: offensive line is, is objectively worse this year than it was last year. Mm-hmm. So you've got a problem there as well.
0: Yeah, they're a fascinating team. I mean, I think they're unquestionably the second best team in the South. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but you know we'll see how much better a full season with him healthy and in, in addition of Olave makes them. You know, I think it's kind of an, a, a fascinating team. Well,
3: and the narrative will be very interesting. You know, if if you get to see some of those games, and certainly the Monday Night Football in Week Two, um, well, oh no, they don't play that game. That's Eagles and Vikings. But any time you get a chance to see them on national TV, is the narrative going to be, well, now he doesn't have the safety blanket of Sean Payton. Because I feel like that's the way that the national analysts are going to go with it. They're going to say, well, Sean Payton's not here to protect him from himself anymore. Let's see if he can do it on his own. I'm not saying that's fair. I'm just saying that that's going to cloud and affect the way that he is perceived at the end of this current contract that he signed with the Saints. Because this is a, it, this is a team in flux, and it's a quarterback in flux for the long term.
0: What the league has shown in the last five seasons, is that... And this is interesting because we have a mutual friend and we would debate this all the time. What 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 a team wants a lot of times from their quarterback, unless you have a preternaturally great quarterback who can do everything uh, the way that Patrick Mahomes can do almost anything, both with his arms and his legs, and he can play it any way you want to play it, right? Unless you're one of those guys... They encourage the vast majority of their quarterbacks in this league to play conservatively, to not turn the football over, to check down, to complete a very high percentage of their passes, and they don't mind if the yards per pass attempt air yards are down. They'd rather live with that than you taking too many chances that lead to turnovers. Now, that's boring. And you better have a really good defense because if you do, you can play to that and let the other team beat themselves. They will. They will. And he became sort of this poster child for all the things we love about an elite talent with a big arm that pushes the issue and wants to go win football games for his franchise as the guy and will challenge any defender, any throw at any time to the point where he can throw for over 5,000 yards and 30-plus touchdowns in a season, but also, as we've noted, of course, throw a ton of interceptions. Now, gone is the nuance in that discussion, both the good and the bad. The nuance would include the fact that a lot of guys throw for over 4,000, close to 5,000 yards these days because the rules are benefiting quarterbacks and receivers. A lot of guys are able to complete a high percentage of passes these days for that same reason. Rules prohibit defenders from touching receivers hardly at all, right? You can barely get away with anything anymore. So that would mitigate some of the praise that you have for those top-end seasons that Jameis had. At the same time, he had a coach that begged him to throw the ball down the field Stated it publicly in the press for two, his two years there. Basically like, hey, I'm not worried about your interceptions. We want you to make plays. It's the only way this team can compete is to try to win in shootouts, and we have some firepower, so go ahead and do it, and interceptions be damned. Except for when those guys began to get hurt and the offensive line stunk, they still told him to throw the ball down the field when the whole world knew it was coming against average-ass receivers because your starters were down.
3: With five in to block, yeah.
0: Right, and then those led to terrible results from an interception standpoint. So the nuance of the good and the bad got removed altogether and you became a statistic. And I think that's where mentally for him, that's the tough aspect of how do I handle this? Because he got to New Orleans and in the end, basically he was well down the path of being a much more reserved quarterback before he got hurt last year. Everything was dialed back. You think about his yards per attempt—oh, way down. Obviously, interceptions were also way down because he was not taking any of the risks that he used to take. So, what is he going to be? Well, it's a decision he has to make, and it's one the organization will dictate in terms of what they want. There are quarterbacks capable of doing more in offenses all around the league that are told, "Don't if it's close, don't take the risks. We'd rather we'd rather punt and play defense." and just not turn the football over there's such a fear of the turnover in modern football right now i mean i don't think there are too many coaches who would like see to me if if i've got a guy that can go win a football game and challenge the defense and make them play us honest I'll live with a thirty-one touchdown, seventeen interception season. I'll live with a thirty-one touchdown, nineteen interception season if he's going to throw for four thousand eight hundred fifty-seven yards, and you know we're going to we're going to win games because he's able to make throws others refuse to t- You know, try. I- I'll live with it. it. Now, if I've got a dominant defense and a really good punter, maybe my, maybe my talking point changes.
3: Well, that's the other thing that his last couple of years there, the defense was really bad until it wasn't in the last quarter of his final season in Tampa. Right. Like, it, it flipped overnight around Thanksgiving that year. Yeah, It wasn't like, I mean, think about the Giants game. They didn't punt in the first half and they found a way to lose.
0: Yeah, well, they also missed a field goal point blank.
3: Of course they did, but like the Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones.
0: Ran around uh, like Mike Vick. Yes,
3: crazy. he could do no wrong that day, and that was not the only instance oh, we, in the Bruce made Arians. we a lot of
0: quarterbacks look good.
3: Backups. What I'm talking about in the Bruce Arians one year, because that's the one year that's in question. The first 10 games, the defense was a sieve, so you're better off chucking it down the yeah, field. Yeah, you, right.
0: you tried to win 38-35. By the 18, time yeah.
3: that December came around and the receivers got hurt, the, the defensive backfield was overnight great. You're like, Whoa, wait a minute.
0: Where did this come We're from? We're
3: making plays left and right. It's just, it was tough. I mean, because you're having this debate and it's a good one and it's a worthy one, and then Brady's available for less money than James is asking well, for, so just, then it's over. Yeah, yeah it is. Like, over and it's the correct answer for it to be over. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, when uh, when he made the comment that he made. The NFL meetings, whatever it was, there's the interview, the famous interview. I think it was a SiriusXM interview. Yeah, and whoever it was that was talking to him, it was a great job. They elicited that. It was response. Siciliano. Yeah, Siciliano. He did a great job because what ended up happening was basically he tipped his hand when when he when he basically said. Well, you know, I mean if there's a if, if Tom Brady were available, certainly we would be excited. I mean who wouldn't be? And you're like, okay, well they're going after Brady. Yeah.
3: And that's what Ceciliano said at the end. So basically what you're telling me is Jameis coming back is not a bad thing, but if Brady's available, that's what you'd rather do. And Bruce you, is like, yeah. Yes. <laughs>
0: yes. <Yeah. laughs> uh you wanna make the right play. That's what we're discussing, right? Hamilton home loans, and that's uh that's a easy choice. You're gonna to want to go see the legendary team that is Chad and Shannon. Hamilton Home Loans, Uh, the mortgage process does not have to be intimidating. It has to be uh, it has to be simplified and 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 be seen as an opportunity. And the only way that can happen is clear cut dialogue, and information, cutting edge technology, transparent communication, of which I speak. That's a five star mortgage experience, and that's what you'll get at Hamilton Home Loans. Give a call today to find out more. Eight four four FSU Loan. Call my guys, Chad and Shannon, the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans, or check them out online. FSUHomeLoans.com
2: The Jeff Cameron Show is sponsored by the legendary team at Hamilton Home Loans. Great rates, cutting-edge technology and transparent communication is the recipe for a five-star mortgage experience at FSUHomeLoans.com <laughs>
0: Wrapping it up, 93.3 3 Real Talk Radio, right War Chant TV. Man, yeah, we gotta get straight to it. We got some, we got some probables to get to here, my friend. Cue it up, shall we? It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Brought to you by North Florida Payrolls Services. Locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to northportapayroll.com. Six to one, Baltimore leads Kansas City. The starters in that game: Carlos Hernandez and Tyler Wells. Oh wow! Rangers, Yankees. There's a no hitter going on there in the sixth. For whom? I don't know. The Yankees. Let's hope not. Neither team has scored, so I have no idea.
3: okay.
0: I didn't pull it up. I just saw that it's a no-hitter alert. John Gray Nestor Cortez. Nestor? Oh, great. Pirates take on the Dodgers tonight. (laughs) That ought to be fun. Julio Urias goes for the Dodgers. He's off to a good start. Jose Quintana goes for the Pirates. He's actually off to a good start, too. Won't matter. We're going to get
3: killed. So Nestor's throwing the no-no bid at the moment. But you're right. There's no score. And the Yankees only have three hits. So there you go.
0: Brewers Reds. Brendan Woodruff and Luis Luis, as he's known to his friends and family. Castillo. A's, Tigers, Paul Blackburn and Michael Pineda, Guardians, White Sox, Zach Plezak, Michael Kopech, we got the Rays and the Angels, Jeffrey Springs, Noah Syndergaard, Cubs, Padres, Kyle Hendricks, McKenzie Gore, Phillies, Mariners, should be a good game tonight, Rangers Suarez, Chris Flexen. Marlins, D-backs, El Sierra Hernandez, and Mumberto. What now? Humberto. Oh, I thought you said Mahumberto. That's a new one. Humberto Castellanos. Rockies, Giants, Austin Gomber, Carlos Rodon, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Have you you watched? You don't have Netflix anymore, do you?
3: I don't think so. We were we were primed to cancel it, but I wasn't really running to Netflix anyway. So I think it's gone.
0: What a lot of good series there, buddy. Anyhow, the uh, Our National Parks is a good one. It's worth your time if you could find it some other back alley way. <laughs> <laughs> you could just give me your login. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah. I could. I could. I could. Although they, you saw the they're cracking down. Well, I saw they also it.
3: they moved Cobra Kai up from a January release date to September because they need to keep people. Spending not, on their uh,
0: subscriptions. Not seen, not seen any of that. Um, it's fun. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah.
3: It's a mindless fun show that's got a little bit more of an adult bend to it than you might think. So it's good.
0: The one of the things that they do do well is um, any of these investigative type murder stuff things. They do well like. I like, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of serial killers, Tom. Oh, yeah. yeah. Big fan of the serial <laughs> yeah, killers. Yeah, yeah, big fan. Well, I, I like finding out how they met their demise and who caught them and how and what was the evidence and the profiling and all that stuff. I've read all those books. I love that stuff. Uh, so, so Mindhunter and shows like that I like. But uh, they, they had a new series, and, and I remember reading about the guy they just caught, and it was pretty fascinating because they talked to the actual detectives who did the work, and it's fun
3: my household that's uh, kind of a sad time for the electronics. My uh, Xbox looks like it's on the fritz. Woo! It's having some issues after Woo! eight years. After eight years. What it's a Glorious run! years. What a run! So uh, the PS5 now houses all of the streaming apps. Play some games over there, but now it's just in the rotation more. But what sucks is the MLB app, you can't do the picture-in-picture. So... George, if you're listening at Games for Less, I may be calling you well, soon you may about just need to go buy the new console, yeah, the yeah, new yeah. one.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you'd have to do that. You're not gonna. No, don't fix the one you have. No, no. no, no, absolutely God
3: not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the old 360s back in the day, my generation knows about this, the Red Ring of Death. Oh, the Red Ring of Death. And the yeah. 360s. Those things were pieces of crap.
0: My one and only dalliance into the world of the Xbox, because uh, I'm a PS guy, I always have been, uh, was the, the time that I suffered the, at the wrong end of the, the Red Ring of Death. I remember yeah. being so mad. I was like, well, this thing is garbage.
3: I think we went through three in undergrad. I mean, we played a lot, but I mean, still. Let's go. I got eight years out of this one, so they got better as time went on at the Xbox it's family. A,
0: it's a good run. Our thanks to Jameis Winston for joining us on the program today. If you guys missed that interview, it is available on Warchant.com or War TV on YouTube. You can go find it and tweet all that out. Ira's got some stuff coming out here real soon from Amelia Island. That's why he couldn't join us today, so looking good there. Uh, for Tom, for uh, Director Matthew, I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be well. We'll talk to you tomorrow.